0: What's up with the Ducks right now? They get all these shots and they still lose? Well, we'll talk about that and Hockey Hall of Fame stuff on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome everyone to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez. I've been covering hockey for over a decade, and thank you for making this your first listen of the day. A reminder that this podcast is free and available across all platforms. That includes Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, YouTube. Hit that bell. You can follow me on YouTube at StimpyJD, and the show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. So we haven't had a show in a couple days, As some of you know, I just got back from New York, still jet lagged a little bit. And also, just to put this out there, I do public address work, so that keeps me really busy. Kind of blew my voice out the other night at a Junior Rain game, so that actually caused my voice to become really hoarse. It wasn't COVID, I, I did get tested, because I was like sore throat, like, oh no, this is not good, and I barely had a voice, I'm like, oh, I hope I don't have it, nope, no COVID, all good there. Just kind of blew out my voice. I'll be drinking more tea as the season goes on because I've got a lot of those games left. Oh boy. All right. So I think this is overdue. Just talk about how the Ducks have been just struggling. I mean, it sounds like a broken record again, but I got to talk about it again because on Saturday night, the Ducks lost again, despite the fact that the Ducks actually outshot their opponents this time. They were the ones that got over 40 shots. And they still lost. Now, power plays were not much of an issue. I mean, the Ducks had two of them. Did absolutely zero with those power plays. They only allowed one power play for the Blackhawks. I mean, this was a pretty clean game in general. (laughs) Except for the very end. The very end, there was some stupid crap going on. There was some unsportsmanlike going on. There was some rough stuff. And I think... The Ducks kind of got in their heads a little bit. I'll talk about that particular play in a second. But Anaheim, for what it's worth, they had a lead in this game. They got off to one of the fastest, hottest starts I've seen. Troy Terry scored right away 19 seconds in. And then Uncle Rico not long after that. I mean, we were barely in the second TV break and it was 2-0 Anaheim early on. And I thought, whoa, this first line at it again. Troy Terry from Trevor Zegras, Uncle Rico from Troy Terry, and Benoit. By the way, Benoit's first point of the season. Hey, how about that? Yeah, he finally got a point. woo Yeah, go Simon Benoit. I-, I like the guy. I thought he was good in San Diego and still root for him in Anaheim. But aside from that first line, it was a whole lot of nothing. Pretty much everyone else on that game, aside from the first line, had a negative game score on this one. It was bad. I mean, defensively, you want to talk about guys that just did not look good. I mean, I hate to say it, but, you know, Cam Fowler did not look all that good on this game. John Klingberg, he didn't look all that good in this game either. I'll talk more about them in a second. Overall, I I don't know. I don't know what's up with this Ducks team. Oh, and we also had the season debut of Austin Strand, the longtime Ontario Reign Los Angeles Kings player, now Anaheim Ducks slash San Diego goal. He was up along with Colton White. So now you have Klingberg and Fowler, Benoit, Kulikov, White, and Strand as your defensemen. It's pretty thin on the blue line. More than pretty thin on the blue line. I'm just trying to be a little bit nice here. Trying. And once again, McTavish being misused on this game. Not even 10 minutes ice time. What's up with that? McTavish is not being utilized properly. He was utilized well the other night, but against the Blackhawks, not so much. Just to fast forward, Jared Tenorti scored his first. Philip Roos scored his first. Now let's get to the end of the game. The end of the game is when all the stupid stuff happened. Chicago may have instigated this a little bit. I mean, there was some hard hits going on throughout the game anyway. But Chicago may have, you know, started the rough stuff more and more as the third period went on. And that's when Chicago, you know was really starting to take over late in the game. By the way, at the time this all happened, the Ducks were out shooting the Blackhawks something like 38 to 17. Or 38-18 at, at one point. It was it was a blowout as far as shots were concerned. And then you had the ducks lose their cool. Pavel Regenda, he lost his cool. Ryan Strom... Losing Ryan Strom at that point in the game was not good. And yes, you could say on the other side, losing Jonathan Taze at that point of the game wasn't good for the Blackhawks. So maybe this was an even you know, an even split. You know, you lose Taze, you lose Strom. You lose Regenda, but you lose Taylor Radish on the other side. And that's when the Ducks just all of a sudden, like after that all happened, there was a look on their faces that I have not seen too often, but they were rattled. They were rattled after that happened. And I know what I'm going to hear. I'm going to hear all the people saying, well, this wouldn't have happened if the Ducks would have still had Nick Delorier. This wouldn't have happened if the Ducks still had Eric Branson. This wouldn't have happened if they had insert tough guy here. Look, that's probably not going to stop it. The Ducks need to get mentally tougher. When you have that sort of scenario happen, you cannot let it get to you. If you have a guy, you know, like mouthing off on you, you know, you can mouth off, but don't throw hands right away. If you see that Chicago is starting crap and you think you can draw a penalty out of it, draw a penalty out of it. Yes, I know the Ducks power play has been crappy this year. And in fact, the Ducks do worse when they're on the power play. So there's that. But that's still no excuse to let the other team get to you. And that's exactly what happened. Their body language was significantly different the last five minutes of the game compared to the first 55 minutes of the game. It got to them. They let the Blackhawks get to them. And maybe, it was maybe like 20 seconds after all that happened, Jared Tenorti scored his second of the game. And that was it. You could tell that I don't want to talk too much about that game. Because that was probably one of the more disappointing games of the season. The Ducks played well. Anaheim outshot them. They outplayed Chicago for the majority of the game. And let it slip away in the last few minutes. This is reminiscent of the Anaheim Ducks from two seasons ago. Remember when the Ducks would have a lead. And then they would just kind of play defense the whole way. They wouldn't keep the foot on the pedal. And what would happen? They would blow the lead late, go into overtime, and lose. Or they would have the game tied, blow it late, and get zero points. Nothing to show for it. That's exactly what happened on this game. The Ducks let it slip away with two and a half minutes left. It was gone. There was no coming back from that. Ducks lose 3-2 to the Chicago Blackhawks. And once again, they are dead last. In the standings, yeah, I don't think I want to talk about that game anymore, but I do want to talk about specific players and specific little quirks. But first, let's talk about Bet Online, which is the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. And if you put money on the Blackhawks on that game, you were really good. If you put money on the Ducks, uh, not a good idea right now to bet on the Ducks. But you could check out the NBA. You could check out the NHL. You could check out the NFL, boxing, MMA. All those sports are on there. So if you live in a state where it's legal to bet online, then you could do so at betonline.net using either your mobile device or your laptop. Bet Online is the official online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please, folks, gamble responsibly. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of. The Locked On Podcast Network. Once again, you're locked in with Jason JD Hernandez. And let's talk about some players in particular. And I first want to start. I'm going to do my compliment sandwich here. I'll try to give a compliment at first. And I think my first compliment is going to go to. Um, let's give it to Anthony Stolars. He was good in net. I mean, he only saw 22 shots, but. There was a couple of really good shots from Chicago that I thought Stolarz did a great job of saving. I thought he was fine. I think he needs to start more games. So there's my compliment there. Now for the bad. It's going to be every line but the first line. Everyone else did not play well on this game. Ryan Strom... Let the opponents get to him. Pavel Regenda, He did not have a good game. Glenn Godan, Okay, that's a thing going on. Leeson. He wasn't that great either. All those third and fourth line guys just have not been able to, you know, come up to bat. They really haven't. And now we're going to get to the defense. Oh boy, the defense. If you would have told me that John Klingberg would have had this kind of a start to the season, I would have thought, oh man, it's not good. For what it's worth, if anything, John Klingberg is leading the team in points with seven. All assists. Dmitry Kulikov is leading all defensemen in goals. With one. You heard that right. One goal from defensemen and it's Dmitry Kulikov, and that's it. All the other defensemen have a big goose egg through 15 games. If it was through 9 or 10 games, I wouldn't be too concerned. But after 15 games, there's very little production from the blue line. Now, I know defensemen don't typically score that much, but when you are already 15 games in, and you have that kind of production from your blue liners, it's a little concerning. Okay, it's very concerning. I'm not going to lie here. They're, They're playing ineffective hockey a lot of times, and it is not their fault. A lot of times it has to do with the lines that are being deployed. It's with the pairings that are being deployed. The Ducks, they did go... 11.7 11.7 recently, and that kind of worked, kind of didn't work, not really. So it is concerning. Let me point to you to a little stat, and this is kind of a sucky stat that I don't really want to bring up all that much, but I'm going to. I've referenced hockey stack cards in the past. They put up a tweet early this morning. That I thought was concerning. So I'm just going to show it right here. Yeah. There you go. The top two Ducks defensemen. Are 3 and 4 in bottom average game score on the year. Cam Fowler. And John Klingberg. Fowler has a negative 1.13 average game score. John Klingberg negative 1.03. And this is all defensemen in the league right now, by the way. Not just top defensemen, but all defensemen. And hey, look who's below them. Vladislav Gavrikov from the Columbus Blue Jackets. And hey, it's our old buddy, Eric Goodbranson, former Anaheim Duck, right there with a negative 1.16. Cam Fowler and John Klingberg, by several metrics, are the worst top pair defenseman in the entire National Hockey League. That's alarming. When your when your top pairs are worse than your second D pair and your dirty pair and your other and pretty much every other defensive pairing in the league, it's it's bad. And I pointed this out. John Klingberg has a one-year deal. His trade stock is falling and falling fast. He doesn't have a goal to his name so far this season. If he's going to get traded in about 30 to 35 games, because that's when the no trade clause expires, he's got to pick it up. Otherwise, the Ducks might not even get a first round pick for John Klingberg. They might not at this point. That would be upsetting, alarming, And frankly, that would make that signing look like a total waste. And it's not so much asset management, but it's just a waste. It's just a bad signing. And I don't want to say that it was a bad signing at the time because, you know, it was a one year deal. And Klingberg did that because he bet on himself. So far, that hasn't happened. The team hasn't helped him out at all. And I sincerely hope that he can pick pick it up because I'm just going to keep it real. The Ducks, at this point, they're probably not going to make the playoffs. So it's in their best interest to trade him in about 30 to 35 games. Those stats do not look good. They they just simply don't. And that's sad. So to end my compliment sandwich, I want to talk about that top line for the forwards really quick. Because they've been at it once again on this game. Troy Terry and Uncle Rico, they scored both both goals. Zgris with the assist, Troy Terry got two points. So out of the five points, the top line got four of them. That has been pretty much all season long. You look at Troy Terry and Trevor Zgris, they've been leading this team. Troy Terry leading all Ducks with 19 points through 15 games. So that means that right now... He's on pace to have about 103, points this season. Imagine that, an Anaheim Duck having a 100-point season. It's been a while. Trevor Zegras leading all Ducks with 7 goals this season. And one that should not have been called back. And then you have Ryan Strom with 10 points. You have Adam Henrique 5 goals. It's really all about those top 6. Frank Vetrano's got 4 goals. He's looked really good. And even Max Comtois has got four goals. So it's been the top six. But pretty much no one else. Between Terry Zegres, Strom, Henrik Vitrano, and Max Comtois. They got 30 goals. Out of 40. They've got 75% of the Ducks goals this season. The lack of depth. Is pretty bad in Anaheim right now, so it's got to be up to those third and fourth liners to really pick things up. All right, we're gonna head into the second intermission, and I did want to talk about this actually. I do want to talk about hockey hall of fame stuff because we had the inductions last night, so I'll talk about that for one segment. But first, let's talk about simply safe or simply safe. Did you know that over the holidays? property crimes like burglaries and package thefts spike nationally. That's why our friends at SimpliSafe Home Security are offering 50% off their award-winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your SimpliSafe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. In an emergency, 24-7 24-7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from SimpliSafe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real, so you can get priority police response. So don't miss your chance to save on the only security system that I'd recommend. Get half off any new SimpliSafe system at SimplySafe.com slash locked on NHL today. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Once again, you're locked in with Jason JD Hernandez. Before I get into the Hall of Fame stuff, um, I want to point out yeah, there was no episode yesterday. So we will have a double header on Wednesday. So Wednesday will be our double header day or Thursday. I haven't decided yet, but Wednesday or Thursday will be a double header day. And we will still have goals Thursday in a couple days. And goals Thursday is going to be a fun one, folks. That one's going to be fun. Cannot wait. Because the goals have been good. Better than the Ducks. <laughs> Alright, so Monday night, the Hockey Hall of Fame introduced a bunch of new entries into the Hall. So first, just want to give my props. Daniel Alfredson, who's been the face of the Ottawa Senators for a long, long, long time. I mean, Daniel Alfredson was the Sens. I mean, I know Ottawa hasn't had a whole lot of good seasons, But he was there through the bad. And there was a lot of bad. But he was also there through the good. Through their almost miraculous run in 2013. I mean, the Ottawa Senators almost made the Stanley Cup final. They were one goal away. It took overtime in Game 7 for Ottawa to nearly make it. I mean, that... That was a close, close one. But he played in Ottawa for 17 years before he had his final year in Detroit. And he won a slew of awards. He won the Calder Trophy, won the Marc Messier Leadership Award. And he was just always one of those class act kind of guys that you love to see and they love to hear about in the locker room. So good for Alfredson to make it. Then you had Rika Saladin, who, I mean, good for her that she finally made the Hall of Fame. And there's been a lot of great players in the Hall of Fame. And she was just honored to be in it. And she joins a select group of female hockey players to go into the Hall of Fame. But she played for her native Finland for the longest time and was just a beast in international play. Rika Salanen still lives in several players' memories, some of them bad. I mean, if you're a U.S. or Canadian women's hockey player, you definitely know who Salanen is. I mean, he was one of those players that returned to play in 2013 and became the oldest player to win an Olympic medal in ice hockey she helped Finland win bronze and did it again in 2018 in Pyeongchang when she was 44 years old. Imagine coming back to play in the Olympics at age 44. That, that's truly amazing. And then you have Herb Carnegie, who was probably the best black player to not play in the NHL. He spent a lot of his time in Quebec... And, you know, just kept going and going and going. And someone that Willie O'Ree has talked about in recent years. Willie O'Ree has said that there's been a few players that he thought were just as good, if not better than him, in juniors. And Herb Carnegie was one of them. I mean, that was someone that Willie O'Ree kind of leaned on when Willie made the NHL himself. And for Carnegie to make it as a builder, that's just fantastic. I loved hearing the speech from his family. I loved I loved seeing all of that. So that was amazing. And then I, I loved the end of the speech. Loved the end of the speech from Bernice Carnegie. And I'm going to quote this. I know my father is calling out to all of us to honor the sport he so loved by continuing to do it justice. We are responsible for making the sport better. We are responsible for ending sexism, gender bias, racism, and homophobia. We are responsible for making all areas of our lives more accepting and inclusive. This was my father's life work. This is what I learned from him. This is why I'm grateful every day. I mean, there's just so much that I took from that speech. You know, quitting was never an option. And I think it is important to be as welcoming as possible to the sport of hockey. I really believe that. I mean, speaking for myself especially, someone that, you know, has had some racist remarks, you know, let's just be more open. Let's be kind. And then we have the three Vancouver Canucks. Well, two of them lifelong Canucks. One of them there for a little while. The Sedin brothers. Henrik and Daniel Sedin. They had some pretty good speeches. So first it was Daniel Sedin, who was just one of those great goal scorers. And then you had Henrik, who was more of the playmaker. And, you know, Daniel, you know, he he likes talking about his family And he loved the fact that he got to play with his twin brother for almost two decades. And to him, that was probably the most special time in his life, was getting to play all of those. And even Daniel said it was special to be inducted the same year as Roberto Luongo. Henrique, he had a little bit more of a tongue-in-cheek. And I love the stats that he gave towards the end of his speech that made everyone laugh. And I love this. Because Daniel is not speaking after me, to end the debate, who was who was the better one? And here's what Henrique said. I missed 30 games during my career, and Daniel's production was not the same. In 2010, Daniel missed 20 games with a concussion. I had 11 goals and 9 assists. So with Daniel, I was barely a 20-goal scorer. Without him, I would have been a career 45-goal scorer. And that made everyone laugh at that point. So kind of love the little tongue-in-cheek sense of humor at his brother. And then there was Roberto Luongo's speech, who I remember at the very beginning of the speech, Roberto Luongo, when he first got the call, the first thing he asked was if the twins made it in as well. And they did. And Luongo talked a lot about his family and even had a brief mention of the quote-unquote Bathroom shenanigans that happened in Anaheim. Y'all probably remember that. If you don't remember that, um, just to put it nicely, Roberto Luongo had some um, digestive things happening in his stomach, and he had to use the loo at the Honda Center. He even posted a picture about it. It's on his Twitter. Yeah. So... That was the thing that happened. Really cool to see all those speeches. And I've always been someone that's liked watching the Hall of Fame inductions. I mean, that's just my personal thing. I like listening to the speeches. I like seeing who goes in. And I like seeing some of the old ducks in there. I always love seeing Tamu Solani's face in the crowd. Uh, Tamu was right there applauding and smiling and laughing with the speeches as well. So it's stuff like that I love watching. And I can't wait till next year... When assuredly, King Henrik Lundqvist will almost assuredly be a lock into the Hall of Fame. That's going to be a fun one to watch. Alright, that's going to do it for this particular episode. Once again, we'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk about the Ducks' latest game with with the Red Wings. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, hopefully good. (laughs) Hopefully better. Don't forget... This podcast is free and available across all platforms. You could follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter's at L-O- underscore ducks. And also hit that subscribe button if you're on YouTube. And also, also, you could email me at lockdonanaheim at gmail.com. We'll have more, we'll have guests coming up in the next couple of weeks now that I'm finally home and rested and back in my own time zone. It feels good, folks. It really does. Once again, thank you all so much for your continued support. It is so greatly appreciated. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great evening. Please continue to be safe out there. Be kind to one another. And Ducks, fly together.